The Dugout CEO Podcast is on the air. I'm Phil Van Horn, baseball lifer and fan of the Dugout CEO. Each week, Casey Cavell goes around the horn with baseball superstars, Hall of Fame coaches, and business leaders who've used baseball experience to win the game of life. Now batting, Casey Cavell. Dugout Nation, welcome to the Dugout CEO Podcast. Really excited today to be joined by Andy Stork. Andy is a consultant, coach, connector, speaker, and author of the book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. He is the host of two podcasts, The Talent Development Think Tank and Own Your Career, Own Your Life. And this guy gets it. I have seen the way that he encourages and inspires people to be their best self. He is a leader and understands that empowering people is a way to win in life and in business. Andy, welcome to the Dugout CEO. Casey, thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, likewise. I think the last time we were hanging out, we were in Indianapolis in the Circle City, right? Riding around on scooters, uh, attending a leadership conference together. And here we are. So good to connect again. Uh, it's it's amazing. Uh, you know, I'm big on networking and relationship building. And it's amazing how many different ways you can be connecting with people, different platforms and places. And you just never know, you know, who's going to be your next friend or business partner, colleague, podcast interview, whatever it is. So I love that we got to hang out there and, and ride scooters and that we get to talk more now. Yeah. So that conference, I remember, um, gosh, there were some really cool speakers, Tim Tebow, Jesse Itzler. I like the guy from Bar Rescue, um, John Taffer. That was a crazy like breakout session. Was there any like speakers that kind of spoke to you or anything that you learned from that conference that was kind of worth sharing with our audience? Uh, absolutely. So um, hang on a second. I just want to make look one up because I want to make sure. Oh, yeah. Name right. Uh, I would say, and, and I actually like did a couple posts and I think even a podcast episode about this because there were, there were three that really stood out to me. Uh, Jesse Itzler, who you mentioned, Tim Tebow, who you mentioned, and uh, Eric Thomas, the hip hop preacher who I had never seen before. Uh, and all three of them stood out in different ways for different reasons, but seemed like their messages were fairly aligned. And I will say you and I got to hang out at, at VCon in 2022 uh, in Minneapolis and then 2023 in Indianapolis. And I really loved that this year they seemed to make a big shift from 2022 just seemed to be all about NFTs and that was it and Web3. And this year was a lot more personal development, entrepreneurship, business. And the messages from those three guys, and as you know, I am a, a keynote speaker as well. That's my business. I speak in a lot of companies. Um, but I'm also a, a, of course, a student of the game. I love watching other people and learning from them. And all three of them were fantastic for different reasons. And I'll just share, you know, you were there for Jesse and Tim Tebow. They both had great messages. Uh, Eric Thomas said uh, he had a very simple message that resonated with me that I've, I've taken with me and spread to other people, which is basically that if you know who you are, like really get to know yourself and who you are and you love yourself and build confidence in who you are, you can stop caring what other people think. And as you build confidence in yourself, you come, become more attractive to other people and you can achieve almost anything. And that was just, it, it resonated in, in such a huge way because I've been doing that work for myself for the last few years, trying to help other people with it. And he just made it so simple and it was awesome. Yeah, I remember being in that room too. And I got there a little bit late, but I remember his thing was the I am. It's like, I am, who yeah. are you? And I think that's a half the battle with most people. It's like believing in yourself. 
because mm-hmm. this world like pushes you down, right? It doesn't build you up yep. and you almost have to like build yourself up to say, I am, I can, I will, because everything mm-hmm. in us says I can't, or I'm not good enough or whatever. So I thought that was awesome. And he even mentioned, and he's like, well, he says, I am the number one motivational speaker in the world. And it's like, well, how'd you come up with that? Well, I just say I am, right. if I am, I am. That's right. And I That's thought right. that was amazing. And then it's like, you say you're a good hitter. You're a good hitter. If you say, hey, I'm going to hit this ball right. the other way, I'm going to hit the ball versus, hey, all right, here comes a curveball. I suck at hitting a curveball. So I think that's half right. the battle. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah. M- mindset is so important uh, in everything that we do. So many people limit themselves with, with limiting beliefs. And now it's funny. I was just having this conversation with uh, the woman cutting my hair yesterday, I, coincidentally, uh, talking about mindset. And, you know, she asked me about affirmations. And I'm like, look, you can't just say like, Hey, I'm going to be rich or I'm going to, I've never been able to hit it the opposite direction, but I'm going to start doing that today. And it's going to happen. Obviously you've got to learn, you've got to practice. Um, but the mindset part is actually huge. People take themselves out of the game all the time because they just say, well, I'm not good at it. I'm the type, not the type of person who can do that. I'll never learn how to do it. I'm just not good at it. And it holds us back. Right. I don't even believe in myself. Um, versus saying like, I know there's potential there. I just know I need to work harder to make it happen and learn from others and figure out a way, but I'm going to figure out a way to hit it in the opposite direction, to hit a home run, uh, to start my own business, whatever it is that you want to do. And then, you know, keep trying to learn from other people because there's, there's answers out there. Yeah. So reminds me, I know you're a Florida Gator, David Eckstein. You remember that name? I do remember that name. I think he was uh I think he was in school there before me and then he went on and played for was it Oakland A's I think for Yeah, he years, I think he was with them, but he ended up becoming World Series MVP with the St. Louis Cardinals. And That's right. 5 foot he was a 7 guy too, wasn't he? Yeah, 5 foot 7, 5 foot 8 guy and he was a walk-on and he mm. must have had that sense of belief like I can and I will because he wasn't recruited. He just showed up and yeah. said, "Coach, give me a practice jersey and let me earn my way onto a team." and ended up you know, becoming a great star at Florida All-American and then World Series MVP. And I'm just wondering, like, if we can all have that mentality, kind of that David and Goliath, because I think we're all kind of like the David. Like, we all have odds that are stacked against us, some more than most. But it's like, if you believe you can do it, you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. If you think you got the skills and, you know, I look around sometimes just like, yeah, obviously everybody has their own unique natural skills, abilities. Um, Some people are born with advantages and different backgrounds and places they come from, whether it's race or parents or anything else, right? All that stuff does exist. Uh, at the same time, you can look at other people and say like, okay, they've achieved this thing. Like there's gotta be some way for me to do some form of that too. So let me just see how I can do it. That, you know, it is possible. I just got to work and, and figure out how to make it happen or at least feel like I gave it a shot, right? I went out for the team and I didn't make it right. I mean, for every David Eckstein who went on to, you know, win a world series, uh, you know, or Tom Brady, who got drafted, you know, near the end and became a, a multiple, multiple time Super Bowl MVP. There's plenty of players who worked hard and tried and didn't make it, but at least they could say they tried and then they can move on to whatever the next thing is. Yeah. And I think whatever you're doing, do it to the best of your ability, because those quarterbacks are those players that that tried super hard that didn't make it. Hopefully, whatever it is they do next. And we can talk about, you know, owning your life, owning your career. Right. It's it's like, all right if they did it good in baseball or sports or whatever, they're probably going to do it, you know, as an employee or a business owner or whatever. So I think that's really important, but they got to like love it. There's got to be more than just doing it to do it. I was watching, have you seen the Johnny Manziel doc on Netflix yet? Uh, No, I haven't. 
so it just came out like a not too long ago, but you know, he was Texas A&M Heisman Trophy winner, and yeah. it was basically like, I don't like playing football. I just like the result of what I get when I actually do play football, which mm. is the fame. He was a baseball the, player too, right? Johnny. So he played. Let's see. He. I think he played in high school, but then when he went to A&M, he just focused on uh, football, right. right? But he was like, I like playing football, but I like it because of the result it gives me. And then when he wasn't winning, he like gave up because he's just like, all right, the fame and the fortune and the notoriety, like, you know, when he made it to the NFL and he wasn't winning, he just stopped. He literally quit and just sunk into this deep depression because, you know, at the end of the day, like he didn't love the game. So I think loving it uh, is really important. So let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day and I forget what the stat was of people that have jobs. It's like, what percent of people actually like their job? People like going to work every day, right? You heard this thing, hey, I have a case of the Mondays. Like, and, and I know you're passionate about this and I want to talk about your book, but you know, in your book, own your career, own your life. Like, what does that actually mean for, you know, whether you're a business owner or you're, you know, an, an entrepreneur or you're working for somebody, what does that mean? Yeah. So, and you're right. We all know or have been in the position where there's plenty of people who are miserable in their jobs, don't like it, or just see it as a means to an end and uh, don't feel very fulfilled by it or feel like things are out of their control. They don't know how they got to where they are. And uh, they're just sort of waiting for someone else to tell them what to do or, or where to go. And I, and I've observed a lot of that in my career. You know, I worked in consulting for many years. I, I taught uh, facilitated workshops on leadership and strategy and business acumen. And I learned a lot about leadership and what makes success in business. And I saw a lot of people who were very successful in their careers, but I also observed a lot of people who were sort of drifting through their careers, operating in reaction mode, waiting for other people to tell them what to do or where to go. And um, they just never seemed very happy, never fulfilled, right? And I, and I knew there had to be a better way. And so I started to get really intentional about my own career and life, um, really, really doing that in 2016 when I got into really in, into personal development and doing a lot of work to build a career and life that I love. And uh, that led to me eventually writing and publishing my book uh, so that I can go on this mission to teach and inspire other people to take ownership of their careers, whether that means they are working as an employee for a company or starting their own business, uh, you know, whatever it is that, that fulfills them. But I think what everybody wants at the end of the day uh, whether they're an employee or an entrepreneur, is to feel fulfilled and happy in the work they do, right? That's, for me, that's kind of the ultimate thing. You know, we both follow, follow Gary Vee. He talks about it all the time with like happiness sort of being the ultimate goal of, you know, to measure of success. It's like, are you happy? And so the connection I make there is that I, I think there's a big importance on owning your career and owning your life, which means that you take full responsibility for everything going on in your career and your life and you try to focus most of your energy on the things that are in your control and try not to worry too much about the things that are out of your control and figure out you know, what's the best way to respond to those. So there are lots of things in the world that are out of our control, right? Politics, the world economy, the weather, uh, company leadership, right? The economy takes a turn or the company decides to lay people off or change the strategy, like that's out of our control. Uh, even our, our significant others, our partners, our spouses, our children, even our pets really are out of our control, right? We can try to influence these things or these people or animals. Um, but what's in our control is how we show up. It's how we respond to the events that's happening, how we treat ourselves and how we treat other people around us, how hard we work, how we spend our time, how well we take care of our health, uh, you know, that sort of thing. 
And uh, I want people to really focus on that and then do things that will set themselves up for future success, put them in the best position to succeed, you know, set a vision for where they want to go and start to make a plan and, and work on those goals. And I think, you know, things don't always work out perfectly. I have plenty of my own stories for that, uh, even going back to my baseball days early on. But uh, I think when we do have that idea of what we want to do, it, it's a lot more fulfilling in the process when we're, we're actually taking responsibility and ownership for it. So how do you find out what you want to do? Like, it feels like, you know, I ask business owners this question all the time, like three years from today, what does success look like for you personally and professionally? Like write it down, get as clear as possible. So yeah. these, you know, employees or business owners or just people in general, like how do you figure out like what you should be doing, who you are to get to that yeah. fulfillment, right? Yeah. It's a big question. It's one of the, the top questions that I get from people. And I don't think there is a magic bullet or an easy answer. But what I tell people is that it starts with the foundation of owning a career, which is self-reflection and self-awareness. Most people don't spend much time truly getting to know themselves. And how you do that is, is fairly simple, right? It's, it's sit down in a quiet space with a cup of coffee or tea, your drink of choice, and a notebook and a pen and no distractions, right? No, no phone, no children, uh, that sort of thing. And just start to, to, to write down and think about, you know, how did you get to where you are? What do you like about the career and work that you have now? What do you not like about it? What gets you excited? Uh, what energizes you? What drains you? Uh, what are your values, the things that you truly care about, right? Uh, what are the things that you, you hate, you want to move away from? Uh, who are the people that are supporting you? What are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? And I think a lot of people are acutely, especially at a certain age, we're acutely aware of our weaknesses, but a lot of people don't take much time to really consider their strengths and how valuable they are and unique they are compared to other people and how they could work more to try to leverage those. Um, and then taking all of that, starting to think about, well, where do I want to go with all this? Like, if I could do anything, what would I do? And sometimes those things are unrealistic. Right. I, there's, you know, I'm 43 years old. I still consider myself an athlete. I played basketball at the Y this morning, but I'm not playing professional sports anymore. Like it's not, it's not going to happen. Right. Um, but there are things that are well within possibility for me, you know, building a very successful business, becoming a really well-known speaker, uh, you know, starting a podcast or, you know, getting a promotion, whatever it is you want to do in your career and your personal life and starting to really think about that. And, you know, what's realistic? What would you have to do to get there? Take your limiting beliefs out of the equation. Uh, and then the other thing is like, a lot of times people don't necessarily know, especially when they're younger. And um, that's where I usually tell people like, follow your curiosity, right? Now, some people say, follow your passion, right? But what if you don't know what you're passionate about? Or maybe your passion is not uh, lucrative, right? If you're like painting, but you're not gonna be a famous painter. Um, what are you curious about? What do you wanna learn more about? Is it AI? Is it Web3? Is it uh, writing? Is it project management, is it speaking, whatever. And are those things you can try? Because as like our, our uh, mutual role model, Gary Vee talks about all the time, we're freaking young, right? You know, if you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, like you've got time to try things. And if it doesn't work out, that's cool. At least you tried it. And then you move on to the next thing. So you could say like, well, I really like to try getting into some writing or I'd like to try to, you know, get into project management, whatever. What are you really curious about? What do you want to learn more about? And what do you want to get experience with? And, and that can start to guide you as well. I'm trying to write down all these things you're mentioning because I'm like, okay, I, these are all the questions that I want to put in the show notes to ask myself and do this exercise. I've done something similar before, but it's really good. Is there like an exercise in the book? Are these questions that you mentioned 
things that are kind of in there? Cause you just wrap like, what do you like? What don't you like? How did I get here? Yeah. Like, is there a formula on how do you like actually do that? Yeah. Well, Casey, first of all, stop writing, get yourself some AI software and it'll take notes on all this stuff for you. Uh, <laughs> I can recommend some, but second of all, yeah, it's most of that is in, uh, is in the book, which is called own your career, own your life. It's on Amazon. Uh, I have also done, you know, podcast episodes on it, many posts out there on LinkedIn and, and social media. Um, and I think it's really about, uh, you know, we can, we can sit down and make a list. I've actually got some free resources that guide people through this as well. If you go to own your career, own your life.com and click on bonus. Um, but sometimes I like to just sit down and just let my curiosity kind of run wild with the paper, right? Like, what are the things that I'm enjoying right now? What do I not like doing? And I'm still trying to do that every day. Like I have worked hard over the last few years to build a business around my strengths, doing things that I absolutely love. And still I am reevaluating on a regular basis. Like just this past week, I was reading and journaling on basically the question of, am I spending my time in the right places? Because there's so many things that I want to achieve. And there are a lot of things that I probably don't need to be doing that I'm spending time on. Uh, can I continue to, you know, can I systemize, delegate more, or even eliminate things that maybe I shouldn't be doing, right? And these are things that the questions I think we can always be asking ourselves. Just because you've started a business or a job doesn't mean you need to continue in that thing, right? It, it's going to morph and change over time, hopefully. Um, and if you're not changing over time and learning more and adapting, then you're probably going to be disrupted because the whole market's changing all the time anyway. Yeah. You know, I went through this exor exercise probably the first time about six years ago, I exited a business and had a, mm. uh, you know, some time to sit back and think, all right, what do I want to do now kind of thing. And somebody yeah. took me through this exercise of all of your wins, all of your losses, right? What, what you liked the most, what you didn't like the most. And he tried to get mm. me to answer this question with what did I want to do next? He said, yeah. I help, I help who, who do I want to mm. help? What do I want to help them do so that what is the result that I'm going to help them get? So I help who do what, so that what, and that allowed me to yeah. figure out my niche and what I was actually going to do for people. And then who I actually wanted to work with, because, mm -hmm. you know, you could be a coach, but like, who are you coaching and what is the result you want to help yeah. them get? So that really helped me kind of simplify it and figure out like, you know, where do I want to be? Who do I want to be spending my time with? Uh, that kind of helped yeah, me. I like I like that a lot. And on the surface, it sounds like that's more geared towards someone who is maybe an entrepreneur or a coach or running a business. But the fact is, if you are going to get paid for something, whether you're an employee or an entrepreneur, you need to be providing value to somebody else in some way, right? No matter what your job is, even if you're a janitor or delivering pizza, you're providing value to somebody. So who are you serving? What value are you providing? And do you like doing that? Or is there some other way you can leverage some of your strengths? Also reminded me, you know, I have a chapter on purpose in my book, because I think it's really important to think about the why behind, like once you set that vision and know where you want to go to answer the question about the why, you know, why do you want to get there? Why do you do what you do? Why do you show up to work every day? And hopefully it's something better than just because they pay me. Right. Um, because if you live in the U S or Europe or any free country, like you have free, you have freedom to go do something different. If you want to, you may feel quote trapped in your job. Um, but technically you chose that. Right. And so you do have freedom and, so you're choosing to go there every day, right? You're choosing to work. Nobody has a gun to your head, hopefully. And so you can ask yourself, well, why am I doing this? And do I want to continue doing this? Um, and related to that, uh, I don't know if you follow Jay Shetty at all. He has a book called Think Like a Monk. And in that book, and I've seen him speak as well, he talks about his formula for purpose. 
which I believe is, is basically thinking about, okay, what are the things that you're really good at? You know, what value, and then what value does that provide? What do you like doing? And then what value does that provide to somebody else? And that's the intersection of all that is essentially your purpose, right? Because it can't just be about you. It's got to be some bigger thing. Like it's got to provide value uh, to other people. And that could be in the work you do. It could be more about providing for your family, right? Taking care of children or an ailing parent or whatever it is, but like something that's driving you that's bigger than just your own enjoyment of work, which is also really important as well. Gosh, this reminds me, my wife and I got married back in what, 2016, and she had her CPA and went to school for that. And I could kind of tell she didn't like going to work every day. And I asked her, well, why? She goes, well, I just don't like what I do. I go, well, then why did you study this thing for four years in college and spend all this money? And and she's like, it's practical. And it, it saved her from having to experience some of the things she experienced as a, as a child, which was, you know, not enough money in the bank account, right? Not enough food on the table. She grew up with a family of 13. She had 12 siblings and she knew it was a safe and secure job and CPAs aren't going anywhere. And she almost did that job because it was almost out of like, I don't know, like she was like scared to do anything else because she knew this would help her provide, but it's not what she loved to do. And when we got married, I said, Hey, if you don't want to do it, don't just, just quit. Now, not everybody's in that position because, you know, we had yeah. a different situation at the time, but of course. like, I just wonder how many people are like that. They're doing something because of an unpure or unhealthy motivation. And then if they yeah. are, Andy, what would you tell them? Like, where do they even start to say, Hey, I'm in something that I don't love. Where do I even yeah. start to realize, okay, how do I get myself out of this and into something new or different? Right. Well, first of all, there's nothing wrong with getting into a field just because it's going to pay the bills. It's lucrative. You needed something, you know, it's going to be stable, like the logical reasons. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you look at the history of humanity since the agricultural revolution, you know, 10,000 years ago, 99.9% of people just did whatever the job was that was in front of them. They didn't have the luxury that we do of being like, well, let me get on the internet and see, you know, what my passion is and see what I want to do. Right. So there's definitely nothing there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But since we do live in 2023 and beyond and we do have the luxury of sort of creating um, jobs and businesses around what we really want to do, uh, it, it's worth having a, you know, a, a think about that and think, OK, thinking going back to that, what is my situation? How did I get here? Not feeling guilty about that. But where do I want to go from here? What do I like about it? What do I not want to not like about it? And, you know, if if there were no barriers what would I do instead? So maybe you're an accountant or a lawyer and you worked hard to get there, but you don't enjoy it. Uh, is there something else that you think you'd like to do instead? And then do you have maybe some bandwidth or flexibility to start doing that other thing, maybe on the side, right? To start trying other things, to see if you like it, to see if you could build something up on the side or building a network. Uh, you know, let's say it's not necessarily a lot of people talk about, you know, starting a business to get away from corporate. But let's say that's not your cup of tea. Let's say you work as an accountant, but you find out you really love people and you'd like to try to get into HR or training or, you know, learning and development or something like that. Start networking with those people, right? Building relationships, find out what it took to get to where they are. Uh, maybe you can start doing some training in accounting, right? And then people recognize those skills and then you can use that, parlay that into uh, another field or profession, but you also got to be realistic about your situation. Like some people have more uh, opportunities than others, right? If you are married to someone who can support you while you're making a transition, of course, you're in a better situation than maybe 
a single mother who is working and then taking care of children. But at the same time, I do think most people have more time available than they think to work on these things. Um, they just got to really sit down and kind of audit uh, how they're using it, right? And think about, okay, how do I want to best use my time to get my job done now and start to work towards whatever that future thing is I want to I do or be. Yeah, it seems like the most successful entrepreneurs or, you know, they always have extra time. Like, how are you making this trip happen? How are you not in the office right. all the time? Because they're, they're thinking smart, yeah. right? And it's another priority. trait priorities and another trait and I want to kind of turn the subject to those of us just say one more thing because I don't want everybody to think like oh like if I'm in a job I don't like that much I need to be thinking about changing it like really think about your priorities and values and and really like if family is the most important thing to you in the world and you're like my job is okay don't love it but it pays pretty well and I get to have dinner with my family every night and take two trips a year and we're pretty happy and that's working for you it doesn't mean you have to go blow it up and change it, right? It's really about how do you want to live your life? It doesn't matter how anybody else wants to live theirs. So I just want to reiterate, like owning your career and owning your life is about doing what's right for you. It's, it's making it very personal. It doesn't matter if your best friend is very ambitious and wants to be VP or CFO one day and you don't have that ambition or drive. That's totally fine. Like do your job, get paid fairly and provide for your family. And like life is good. Like we talked about earlier, the measure of success is how happy are you? And if you're happy, you're successful. You're right. And it's like, okay, the nine to five thing might not be the thing that fires you up every day, but it's providing you with the things that you need to enjoy, right? The five to nine, the opposite way and weekends. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine's a school teacher and he had another opportunity to make, I think, 30% more money. And I asked him, all right, well, what would that job be like? And he kind of listed it out. I go, well, which one would you enjoy more? And he goes, well, this one will, this will allow me to pay my house off in the next seven years versus 11 mm -hmm. years. And I'm like, but you were only going to be enjoying about 20% of that new work. Do you really want to risk that? Is it worth it? Mm. And then another buddy of mine, he's uh, trying to be a partner in an insurance firm. And he goes, you know what? I don't know, former professional baseball player, and now he's selling insurance. And it's like mm. selling insurance, not the most glamorous thing. And he's like, it's very transactional. But I yeah. said, hey, maybe you just do it because you know what? You go off every Friday. Like mm. because you're kind of – like semi self-employed where you don't have to be at the office from nine to five. Like That's it gives right. you other perks. So it's like, although it's not the perfect thing, because I think there is like no perfect thing. Like everybody's always searching for the next thing. Like the grass is greener approach where I think kind of what you're saying is the grass is greener wherever you may be. If you just water it and figure out a way to be better where you currently are. Yep. Agree completely. So let's talk about, um, people that are listening to this that are leading others, like they, you know, give people a paycheck, right? They're supporting others. People work for them. What advice would you give the leader here, whether they're a, a coach and they have players or they're an entrepreneur or whatever, to help their people learn to own their career and own their life better? Mm, I love this question and topic, uh, something I'm moving more into uh, and I'm actually working on my next book, which is about leadership, about this topic. Uh, and this is going to be challenging for some people out there, especially if you're running your own small business or small team. Uh, I personally think that leadership is 100% about enabling and empowering other people to succeed. So if you've got people working for you, what can you do to help them be successful on a micro level in the jobs and assignment and roles that they're in? Like, how can you set them up for success? 
And on a macro level, how can you, what can you do to set themselves, set them up for long-term success in their careers? And that probably means not working for you long-term, right? Doing something else, uh, unless you are running a company and they can grow with you, which is awesome. But if you're like a manager in a bigger company, helping them, you know, develop the skills they need to maybe move on and do other things, the things that they're dreaming about doing, right? And so one thing you can do there that's really helpful is get to know your people, get really curious, ask them questions about, you know, why, why, did, why are you here? Why did you take this job? Uh, what do you want to get out of this experience, right? How do you want to grow? What skills do you want to develop? And what do you see yourself doing long-term? What do you really want to achieve? Do you want to take my job one day? Do you want to run your own business? Do you want to move up in the company? Uh, do you want to, uh, is there other like personal stuff that you're trying to do or start a side business? How can I support you with that? And that's a hard one because it really requires putting your ego aside and saying like, this is not about me, it's about other people. But I am very confident that if you do that, it's 100% going to pay off in the long run. Uh, because if you work for a bigger company and they truly do value leadership, then you being able to develop other people to move into their own bigger and better roles, you're going to build a reputation as someone who's really great at developing people. Uh, and then the other thing is, is just your legacy, right? Like people remember you when you help them develop in their careers. And I ask people questions, that question all the time. And if I ask people about, you know, who was that leader that really helped you grow in your career, put you in position to get where you are now, everybody remembers that person, 100%, never forget them. It's like I get goosebumps every time. And that's, that's legacy. It reminds me, uh, gosh, just a while back, we had one baseball academy at the time, and I was hiring ex-former professional baseball players to do lessons and camps and trainings for um, you know, younger youth baseball players. And whenever I would interview them, I'd always say, what's the goal? Like, If you could pick any job in this whole building, what would you want? And I had a guy that said, hey, I want your job. I want to own this place. And I'm like, I felt a little threatened at the time. I'm like, well, I own it. You can't own it. <laughs> Wait a minute. But then I was like, all right, well, what if I taught him how to own it one day? And yeah. could he help me get what I want by me helping him get what he wants? Because if I'm teaching him how to own a business, if he's my employee and he's working in the business, we're going to run a great business together. And then yeah. maybe one day after we've won all the awards and done all the things, maybe I can teach him how to start his own. And then maybe I could, you know, maybe help him. And I'm like, what yeah. better thing to do than to, one, run a great business myself teach other people how to do it and then enable them to go do it. I mean, look at sports. It's like mm -hmm. I, the Bill Parcells football thing. Uh, what do they call it? The, uh, the, the tree, right? The family tree. It's like, it's like almost every coach currently in the NFL came from Bill Parcells. They were an assistant <laughs> and he taught them. Bill Parcells won Super Bowls, So he won, but he taught them. And then Bill Belichick won Super Bowls. But I think it's scary because it's like, if you help other people and you train other people, are they going to leave you? But like you have to have that mentality. Oh yeah. I agree with that hundred percent. I mean, you look at like, I, I follow college football, like someone like Nick Saban, who's been lauded as the best, you know, coach in college football for many years. There are so many coaches out there who coached under him. Yep. It's, it's insane. And I, you know, I don't know what his intention is. If he's really intentional about developing coaches to go out and take other jobs, or if they just get them because they were part of his program. I haven't looked into that a ton. But, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about it's cool when you are a college athletics coach because you're focused on developing your people, your student athletes, and you know they're going to leave you one day, right? They can't stay with you forever. 
the problem in, in corporate environments is that managers try to hoard talent. They think, well, this person's really talented, so I'm going to try to hold on tight. I don't want them to ever leave because they help us be more successful. But you got to recognize that these are people too. These are humans. Like you, you want to help them develop and become successful, and that might mean letting them, you know, developing them to take your job one day or move on and do something different. You wouldn't want them to hold you back, right? You want to be able to develop, to, you know, to the extent of your potential. And if you help other people do that, it, it's going to work out well for you in the long term. Yeah. And going back to the gentleman, his name was Zach, that came to my office and said, I want your job. Today, he's an owner. He actually owns his own baseball and softball academy, and he made it work. And he ended up being the national instructor of the year at our facility, right? Nice. And then ended up opening his own location in Jacksonville, Florida. He ended up hiring my best friend from high school to go work for him. And I like, Am I profiting on any of that? Not really, like financially, but I just like, I feel really good. I'm like, what better thing can I do? Yeah, it's yeah. super cool. I'm like, wow. And then it just shows me, man, that's why I'm here. That's why we're here. We're helped to get other people what they want and we'll figure it out in the meantime. Um, people always ask like, how can I help you? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, how can I help you? Like, what do you need? Who can I connect you to? Because yeah. I'll figure it out over time by just adding value to other people's lives. So Really cool. Let's let's talk about that new book I saw on Facebook. You're in the process of writing it. Like, how yeah. soon is that? What what's that subject? You kind of t touched uh, on it earlier. Yeah, it's it's pretty early days. I'm I've probably written about 20% of it, and uh, obviously there's a lot of work that goes into editing and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, you and I are recording this in August 2023. If I had to, I haven't even put a timeline together, but I'd guess, uh, you know, Q1 or Q2 of 2024, that book will probably be coming out. But the funny thing is. Uh, I had to really start thinking about that because I'm, I'm talking about it a little bit more. Uh, you know, this is where like the entrepreneur game is always fun because I, I just think uh, really like I'm very passionate about entrepreneurship. I love that side of things. And uh, I think if you're like really good as an entrepreneur, you just kind of like, OK, what's the opportunity? I'm ready to adapt to, you know, whatever it is. And so I start working on this. I talk to people about it. I've actually got a big keynote coming up uh, next week to a group of about a thousand leaders at a big uh, health insurance company. and um, so I'm going to talk about this. And the, the, my client there said, hey, do you want to talk about what's next and give them an opportunity to, uh, to check it out, right? And so I'm like, okay, is there like something I can give them already from what I've been putting together? So that's something I'm going to be working on over the next couple of days to make sure I have something that I can give people to give them added value beyond just, you know, the, the keynote or uh, whatever they're going to get out of that session. That's great. Well, we'll make sure we put whatever that is in the show notes along with a link to your book on Amazon. And Remind us again who you're helping, who are you spending your time with now, Andy, and I guess what are you helping them do? Yeah, so there's a couple different categories. One is, you know, we talked about owning your career. I work with big companies primarily to teach and inspire their people to own their careers so that they take more responsibility and more proactive in going after their career goals and achieve more. And they're more likely to stay longer with the companies that they work for if the, if the benefits and opportunities are there. I do that as primarily as a keynote speaker and a trainer. Obviously, I have my book and podcast, and uh, I do have free resources available, too, on the website, as I mentioned, if you go to ownyourcareerownyourlife.com and click on bonus. And actually, if you go download those and, and sign up there, you'll get on my email list. That'd be the best way to find out about future books, leadership books, and whatnot. Uh, I also run a have a podcast and run a membership community for people who work in talent development, so training and development in big companies or small companies. Uh, that's called the Talent Development Think Tank. That's something that started back in 2018 with a podcast that grew into a conference and then a membership community. And it's something I'm running 
Uh, we have weekly calls with different guest speakers that come in talking about you know, different ways, best practices, things we can do to get better at uh, developing other people inside of companies. And I love helping people in that space um, get the knowledge and especially make connections with each other uh, to help them make new friends and get jobs. We have a job search group right now and a job board. We have a lot of people in there who are looking, you know, tough, you know, climate right now. A lot of people who are looking for new jobs who are trying to help people find jobs in that space as well. Uh, whatever I can do to help, you know, connect people and help them do better in their careers. Uh, I just, I'm driven by that. I love it. That's great. We'll make sure we put uh, all the notes in the show notes. And uh, Andy, this has been a uh, fantastic connecting and thanks for being a guest on the dugout CEO. Yeah, Casey, thank you so much for having me on. I absolutely loved it. Always enjoy talking with you and appreciate you having me on. You bet. Wow, what a great time with Andy. He understands leadership on all levels and so excited we were able to get him on. Here are the big three takeaways that I learned today from Andy. Number one, enabling and empowering others is the only way to succeed. Get to know those you lead. See what they want to accomplish. Get their dreams, their wants, their desires, and then come up with a plan to help them get what they want. If you want to help others, help figure out what they want, help that thing become reality. Don't get stuck in the trap of investing in people thinking that, hey, if you teach them too much or you empower them too much, they might leave you for something else. They're so valuable to you that you have to invest in their lives and help them win both at work and at home. Empowering others is the only way. Number two, the grass isn't always greener. It's a lie. It's a trap. The grass isn't greener somewhere else. There might be a better job. There might be a better business opportunity, but that might be the last resort. Figure out a better way to be better wherever you are. Be a better employee. Run a better business. Before looking for a way out, the grass is greener wherever you water. So what can you do today to make your current business, your current place of work, that much better? Number three, what's your niche? What is that thing that you do? What lights you up and doesn't feel like work? It's something that, you know what, it takes time to find out about yourself. But once you find it, it makes things better. Great businesses, they have a niche. They know who their customer is and the problems they solve. But you as a person, you should have a niche as well. Be able to answer this question about yourself. I help who? What do you help them do so that what? I help blank, do blank, so that blank. If you can figure out that niche for your business and for your life personally, you'll be in great shape. Thank you for joining us once more for another episode of The Dugout CEO. We want to get you the tips you need to become an MVP of what you do. Sign up for our Friday Focus newsletter and you'll receive a valuable tip each Friday morning to help you build the business and life you want. You can sign up by going to CaseyCavell.com or click the link in the show notes. And make sure to hit the subscribe button so you get notification on our next episode. And one way you can help us book more great guests like this is to please leave us a rating and honest review in the Apple or Spotify podcasting app.